As far as our memorizing of the hadith, I believe we have arrived at hadith number 27. And as far as our commentary, we're still on hadith number 24. Perhaps the last hadith that we explained was hadith number 24. Anyone has something other than that, dear Juan? What's the last hadith we broke down, Masi? I think that was our memorization. 28. Well, I think we were on 25. 25. Oh, yeah. Anyone has a question or comment before we begin, ya Khwan? What's the meaning of patience in the Arabic language? What's the meaning of patience? What does it mean? No. We translate it to be patience. What's the meaning of it? Patience, <laughs> 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 we translate the word sabr 
to patience. لكن ما معناها? What does it mean? One of our beloved sisters, ما معنى صبر? What does patience mean? I think our Arabia is our review and Ithnain is our memorization. You guys can correct me, Wednesday is our review and Monday is our new hadith. So? So today we're going to do some muraja'ah, inshallah ta'ala, and we're going to try to comment uh, on the hadith 24. So we're going to do both. In our muraja'ah, we went back to the beginning to review the hadith, to keep the hadith rasikhatan fi adhanina, inshallah, to keep the knowledge fresh. And we stopped at hadith number four as far as our review, or five, or six. Right. So today is our review, inshallah, and Mondays is our new hadith that we recite together. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. فَمَا مَعْنَ صَابَرُ So what does it mean patience? Father Shaykh? Al-Habs Al-Habs accent Or Habs al-Nafs Restraint To restrain yourself فَأَحْيَانًا الْمُسْلِمِ يَا أَخْوَانِ يَنْسَى أَنَّ الصَّبَرُ عِبَادَةُ وَأَنَّ الصَّبَرُ فَضُلُهُ عَظِيمُ Sometimes the Muslims we forget يَا أَخْوَانِ That patience is worship Patience is worship and sometimes we forget that patience has virtue. Patience has virtue, ikhwan. Allah Ta'ala ma'asabirin. And Allah is with the patient. Yaqulu Ta'ala inna Allah ma'asabirin. In ayah, as Allah Ta'ala says, and verily Allah is with those who are patient. Ay, aladina yamlikuna anfusahum. Those who restrain themselves. Wa ta'alamna ayda anna lissabri aqsam. Masi. We learned that patience has categories. Types. How many? Two. Zid. Increase one. Zalata. Three types of patience. Therein was one of them. Patience upon blank. That was. For the Shaykh. Patience upon the obedience of Allah. I sent. Al-sabru ala ta'atillah. Being patient upon the obedience of Allah. Anda buktina ula. Our first sister. الثاني second category of patience تذكرينا remember لا بس فذا شيء second patient second category of patience first category الصبر على طاعة being patient upon the obedience of Allah الصبر عن معصية الله being patient away from against disobedience of Allah وثالث third category تفضل I don't quite remember but الصبر على معصية الله is like an harm cool you can say that patience upon harm فنقول we will say الصبر على أقدارنا patience upon the decree of Allah كل شيء قدره الله تعالى علينا المؤمن هو يصبر وهو يظن وهو يعلم أولا أن هذا من الله anything Allah's decree for the Muslim the true believer or you can say for mankind the true believer نصلى الله تعالى أن يجعلنا وياكم منهم may Allah make us and you from the True believers, 
they know first and foremost everything that happens was going to happen. And everything that takes place, Allah knew it. And everything that happens, Allah wrote it to happen. And we can't flee from it no matter what. Like it who likes it, hate or hates. Like it who likes it, hate or hates. Anna sued. Anna mean a sued. I'm a black man. If I like being black or not. Perhaps I want to be a white man. That's not what Allah decreed. And I can never be white. Perhaps I want to be Arab. Or Afghanian. Or Afghani. Or Pakistanian. Or Pakistan. Or I want to be a woman. That's from those things Allah Ta'ala has decreed upon all of us. And from belief is that we're pleased what Allah Ta'ala has decreed for us. That's from belief. طيب نبدأ إن شاء الله تعالى Let's begin بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نقرأ الحديث السادس Let's review the six Our sisters said we stopped at hadith number six In our review هو حديث أبي عبد الله النعمان ابن بشير من يريد أن يقرأ Who wants to recite Let's let our sisters recite first tonight Which one of our beloved sisters would like to review tonight Hadith number six Our second sister, Turidin and Taqra, would you like to recite?
One of our online participants says, Why do you call the class memorization of 40 hadith instead of the study of 40 hadith? That's just a choice of words. The type of a class is not important. Both titles are beautiful. We chose the memorization because we're trying to memorize the narrations. We can also say the study of 40 hadith. That's a beautiful title also. May Allah bless you. Woman who wants to recite the Ikhwan, فَلَا تَفَضَّى عن أبي عبد الله النعمان بن بشير رضي الله عنهما قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن الحلال بين وإن الحرام بين وبينهما أمور مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات فقد استبرأ لدينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام كالراعي يرعى حول الحما يشيك أن يرتع فيه ألا وإن لكل ملك حما ألا وإن حما الله محارمه ألا وإن في الجسد مضغة إذا صلح صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله ألا وهي القلب ما شاء الله رواه البخاري ومسلم أحسنت أحسنت تبارك الله فيكم يا لابلس علما وأدبا وخلقا يا لابلس يا نالج يا مانز يا كاركتر وجميعنا على بسيا أخوان لابد من الدعاء خاصة للمسلمين جميع عموما للمسلمين خاصة لمن يريد أن يكون من طلاب العلم يحتاجون إلى الدعاء all of us are need of dua every Muslim in general has to call upon Allah especially those sisters who are trying to memorize and those brothers who are trying to be students of knowledge all of us we have to increase ourselves in dua ومن بعد anyone else سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول إن الحلال بين وإن الحرام بين وبينهما أمور مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات فقد استبرأ لدينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام فالراعي يرعى حول الحما يوشك أن يرتع فيه فلا وإن لكل ملك حما فلا وإن حما الله محارمه فلا وإن ألا وإن في الجسد مضغة إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله this question is connected to the language, Arabic language. لماذا ما قال عن أبي عبد الله؟ The author he says عن أبي عبدي. 
on the authority of Abi Abdi. Why didn't he say An Abi Abdu? What's the thing in the sentence affecting making the Dhamma a Kasara? An Abi Abdullah, not Abi Abdullah. In an Amil, what's the thing that's affecting? Huh? An Abi Abdullah. The Abi is Mudaf, the Yaz Mudaf and then the Yaz Mudaf, and the Abdu is Mudaf and then the Abd is Mudaf, and then Allah is Mudaf So the Abi accent. May Allah bless you. Another question of the language, Yahwam. Qala inna al-halala Limadha ma qala inna al-halalu Aw inna al-halali Why did the Messenger of Allah say inna halala? Because inna harfu ta'kid is a particle of emphasis wa nasb and it makes the noun accusative So you don't say sometimes on the Jumu'ah you hear inna alhamdulillah Hada khata' fi al-lugha that's a mistake grammatically. Anytime you have inna, wajabadu ismu zahir, and a noun, a proper noun comes after, or a parent noun comes after inna, it makes the dhamma a fatha. It makes the dhamma a fatha. Sawal thani, question number two. Ma ma'na halal? What does it mean halal? Masi. What's the meaning of something is lawful? It's usable, beneficial, you can say that. What else, say, Ikhwan? Ma ma'na al-halal? Fadal. Amar? Salat prosecute. Ayya, salat. Fal-halal, what do we write, Ikhwan? Uridhuka man taktubu, huwa ma yuhallilullah. You're going to write that thing that Allah has made allow. The word halal, you're going to write, ma hallahullah. Is that which Allah has made allow. Wa aw ma halahu nabi Jews and two parts we're gonna write the word halal you're gonna say first part ma halahu Allah that which Allah has made allow wa aw and or halahu nabi the prophet of Allah has made allow anything Allah has made allow is allow or and whatever the messenger of Allah has made allow is allow. Two parts. Ma Allah wa aw ma nabi. Those things Allah has made allow. And or that thing that the Messenger of Allah has made allow. One of our sisters. Something is allowed. Does this mean it's recommended? No. The answer is no. Why not? وحاول أن أتركه هو صعب شيء داخل <laughs> We say drinking Mountain Dew I like Mountain Dew yeah, One of my favorite Like Dr. Pepper too Mountain Dew is something in there I'm trying to fight it yeah, I do better days Alhamdulillah Today I have one Alhamdulillah I'm trying to That's going to be the only one Inshallah طيب Yesterday I didn't have any Alhamdulillah It's just hard There's something in there Allah Alam طيب هذا لا يستحب ولا يجب ولا يكره ولا يحرم. Drinking Mountain Dew is not obligatory, it's not recommended, it's not hated. 
It could be hated medically. Could be hated medically. Like at least the but not the religion. And there are some medical people, the doctors, they do say something there that can harm. That's some of their speech. At any rate, and the religion is not hated. So it remains upon the origin. So it is halal. What's something else that's allowed? Something else that's allowed, please. Hey, Allah, shoot hoops. Salah. Could you call it haram? It could become haram. Fil also who is halal. The origin of sports that they are allowed. That's the origin. But they can become haram. Many mafil will give us an example. How can something of sports become haram? Y'all uh, trying to shoot over a foul and uh, y'all gonna go fight over it? Okay, maybe it leads to some physical harm, fight, could be. What's another example? Taking over your deen. Like your hey. Now, نَنْسَى وَعُدِّ بِلَا Allah. We leave or we forget Allah now. We're so engulfed in the game. We're so engulfed in the sports. We forget the responsibilities, the commandments of Allah. So then it can become haram. Haram and nisbi. It can become relatively haram. Not generally upon that person is haram. PlayStation or what? Xbox or Nintendo. Generally, playing a game, one of my favorites, y'all don't know about this one, the Atari, and they have one joystick. And one button. Y'all wouldn't like that one. It's boring, but when I was young, it'd be like bang, 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 bang. That was it. <laughs> we gotta get you out of one day here. Come on. You play Nintendo, Wi Fi, uh, Wi Fi, uh, Wii, Xbox, uh, PlayStation 4, 5, or 6. I don't know why you gotta get so many. There's no 6 yet. There's no 6 yet? Play. One, two, three, four, five. And then when six come out, why do I gotta get rid of all my old games? That's a business here, Juan. Why can't all my six games go to five and five go to four and four? It's business. Like the iPhones. You don't enjoy the phone because by the shahrain, Ja'a Sahibu had an iPhone, be iPhone Jadid. Had the business, had the tijari. He's smart here, Juan. He brings a phone, everybody gets a new phone, he gives you two months to enjoy it. And then guess what? Here he comes with a new one. And here we go. Oh, I need the new one. And usually, that new one is just like the one that came before it, except maybe he changed one thing or two things. And we're so into, I need the new, I need the new, I need the new. This is like having a brand new, a nice jilbab. Bidoni shay. Nothing is wrong with it. Namshi ila suqi Somalia, madalan, or suqi Kansas City. Tahtaj ila jadida. Tahtaj ila jadida. Hada kathir min anas. Kathir min anas. She has on a nice jilbab. There's nothing wrong with it. But she sees a new one at the Somali mall. Or she's at the mall, any other mall. And then she says, oh, I need a new one. There's nothing wrong with that one. And most of the women have 30 jilbab. 50 jilbab. 
One sister said, there's no need for me to even count mine. That's how many I have. There's no need. And we gave the challenge to many of our family members, Ikhwan, in our community years ago. I challenge you to go home and count your garments. You'll be ashamed, Ikhwan. I'm similar with scarves. I like scarves. I don't need all these scarves. I have one here. And the Rasun Wahid. I don't need all these scarves, Ikhwan. الحرام What's the meaning of the word haram? ما حرمه الله That which Allah has made haram أو وما حرمه النبي Two parts That which Allah has made haram and or what the Prophet has made haram أحسنت May Allah bless A benefit that slipped our mind before I think we gave it this earlier in the, in the lesson Al-halal huwa fa'iluhu wa tarikuhu sawa fil hukum That which is allowed How do you know something is allowed or not? If you do it or if you don't do it, the reward is the same Doing it and leaving it off is the same Mathalan, aqumu al-an I stand up right now I stand And Allah أحسن على الأجل. I didn't get a good deal for that. You just stand. فإذا أقوم أو لا أقوم في الحكم هو صواب. هذه يدور على الجواز. Doing it and not doing it, the ruling is the same. One brother said, "It's like you say in your lessons, marrying a non-Muslim woman is haram." أنا ما قلت هذا أبدا. I said I never said that, Yaqi. He said, "No, it's like you said that." Okay. How is something like something? أنا قلت هو جائز. I said it's allowed. ثم قلت هو ليس مستحبا. He says نعم هذا. I said هذا ليس تعارض. I said it's not recommended. He said yes. When you say it's not recommended, it looks like you're saying it's haram. I said perhaps you're not understanding. والله عالم. مستحب لا يخالفه ماذا حرام. The opposite of recommended is not haram. It's not the opposite. So you say something is not recommended. You're not saying it's haram. You're saying there's no command from Allah. There's no command from the Messenger alayhi salatu salam to do the action. It's allowed. لا يوجد مسلم عاقل ولا تكلم إلى شخص أبدا أو في شخص أبدا تكلم في الصفة And you're not going to find a Muslim who has his right mind. And I'm not talking about no one. I'm talking about a description. I'm not talking about no one. I'm talking about description. لا يوجد مسلم عاقل يختار بين المسلمات الجميلات القانتات المؤمنات ولا يريد واحدا أو إحدى إحداهن هو يريد إحدى النصرانية أو إحدى اليهودية أبدا لا يوجد يا إخوان لا يوجد الله أعلم you're not going to find a man Muslim man that has his right mind and we're not saying those who married a non-Muslim does not have their right mind that's not our point out of all these beautiful, religious, righteous, obedient Muslims, believers, he's going to say, nah, get out of here. I want to marry that Christian girl right there. <laughs> You're not going to find that Yaqan, ever. It's allowed. It's not recommended, Yaqan. You're not going to find that. And if you do find that, who are you You're going to find it seldomly. And I قبلت أربعة من المسلمين في عشرين سنة 
أربعة من المسلمين فقط اختاروا أزواجهن من غير مسلمات. أربعة. In 20 years of my Islam, my son is 22 years old. 22 years, 22 years of my Islam. How old Abdullah? 23 years of my Islam. Naim is 22. 23 years of my Islam. I only met four Muslims who chose non-Muslim women as wives. We're not saying that's haram. We don't have the right to say that. What's the meaning of haram? Is that which Allah or His Messenger has made haram? So we can't We can't say it's haram. We say it's allowed. What's the benefit, ya khwan? Anta tusalli lillah. Wa imma hiya la tusalli, aw la tusalli lillah. Kaib wa anta fi nafs al-bayt. Kaib hada. You're praying to Allah, you're Muslim, alhamdulillah. If she prays, she doesn't pray to the same Allah you pray to. And you're on the same home. Rubbama talidu waladan. Perhaps she gives a child. Alhamdulillah. That's a blessing of Allah. Talidu waladan ubintan. She gives birth to a boy or girl. Lakin kaifa antum turabbuna hadha walad. But how are you going to raise that child now? Anta Muslim, he is Nasraniya. You're Muslim, she's Nasrani. Kulu shakhsin yadunu anna maada alayhi sawab. Hadha kulu shakhs. Everybody believes what they upon is correct. So you believe you're Muslim, of course you believe Islam is correct. She's Christian, of course she believes Christianity is correct. But she wouldn't be it. How do you raise the child? Wa hadha wali yakunu maada fihi shakun kabir. He's going to be doubtful. He's going to have a lot of doubt. Until he gets of age. He's He believes in Allah. But perhaps be only because his father is teaching him Islam. And he also believes in Christianity. Perhaps. Because his mother is teaching him Christianity. أنا قابلت شخصا. I met a person one time. فقلت له. I said to him. هل أنت من المسلمين? Are you from the Muslims? قال نعم نصفا. He said yes. Halfly. Half. I'm Muslim. I'm half Muslim. فاستغربت. We were mates. كيف ذلك? How are you half Muslim? قال أبي مسلم. أمي نصرانية. فأنا أعتقد بديني أبي نصفا. وأعتقد بديني أمي نصفا آخر. He said, I'm half Muslim. What do you mean? My father was Muslim, alhamdulillah. My mother was Christian. So I believe in what my dad taught me, halfway, halfway. And I also believe what my mommy taught me, halfway. So how is that child going to come? فَيَمْشِي لَجُمْعَةَ فِي يَوْمِ جُمْعَةَ الْحَمْدِلِلَّهِ He goes to the Masjid al-Jumu'ah. ثُمَّ يَكُونَ فِي الْكَنِيسَةِ فِي يَوْمِ سَبْتِ And then he's in the church. So on Jumu'ah, Ameen, Allahu Akbar, Subhanallah, Astaghfirullah, Ameen, Ameen. On Sunday, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. That happens, Ikhwan. That's not a joke. That's reality, Ikhwan. That happens. The child is confused. He sees a Muslim, Salaamu Alaikum. Time to pray, Allahu Akbar. Sunday, Jesus my God. That happens. And some Muslims, we choose that over the Muslim women. And we're not saying, Sister Ahmed Allah is better than Ms. Rose. We don't have the knowledge to say that. 
you need a proof to say somebody specifically is better than someone else. Perhaps Miss Rose is a better person than Sister Amatullah. Perhaps. But Amatullah generally is better. She's Muslim. Those who believe in Allah are better than those who disbelieve in Allah. But you can't say this person specifically is worse than this person. You can't say that. Religiously, you can say that. Her religion is better. How can this one remind you of Allah? They don't believe in Allah. How? She's going to wake you up for prayer and she's not going to pray. One brother says, hey, but they're prettier. How do you know? Everybody's pretty. How do they know? Put in your mind. Everybody is pretty. So now you won't be amazed. When it's time to get married, you won't exclude. Oh, she's righteous? Too short. Uh, oh, she's obese? Uh, too tall. No, yeah, Juan. Who cares? Somebody's going to come. What do you mean, who cares? I'm a short brother. I can't be married to a tall girl. Why can't you? Maybe you get some athletes. I'm there last. Shoot some hoops. <laughs> I never knew why I want the NBA guys. Why don't they have sit downs, take their shahada, and then the WNBA girls, they take their shahada, and then they get married to each other. And then they're going to have some tall children. <laughs> they know. Then they get shoes. I wouldn't marry a short brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's your personal preference. You're allowed to do that. It's allowed to have preferences. Yeah, Juan. That's allowed. And no one should get offended. <laughs> you want to marry a sister? Hey, sister. Nope, you're black. Alhamdulillah. You're white. Shukran. Don't get offended, Juan. Imam Shafi used to say, لِكُلِّ شَخْصِ مَنْ يُحِبُّهُ مَنْ لَا يُحِبُّهُ Imam Shafi used to say, every person there's someone who loves them and someone who does not love them. There's a statement that the Christians they say, everyone's trash, everyone's trash is someone's treasure, or something like that. Another man's trash, another another man's trash is someone else's treasure, or something like that. That's true, And I come to a super sayara, I'm riding the car one day, and I'm riding to Shay'an, Bil Qumama. Jamila Jiddin, Wakam to Sayara, Akatu. I'm riding one day. Omar's laughing. I'm riding. I look over. Hey! In the trash. That's a nice table. They threw it out. I grabbed it, cleaned it up, polished it up. It's in my house. You can come over and see it. They threw it out. I picked it up. You see, sometimes how we waste food. And you see the Muslims in the Muslim countries. They will love that food that you're throwing in the trash. Someone's uh, trash is someone else's treasure. You see some men, they say, hey, you're gonna, you gonna waste that? And they're looking like, how do you say, yes, I was gonna throw it in the trash. Hats, can I have it? I remember back home, the homeless is not as kind. I'll give you a story years ago. I'm going into the restaurant, this man said, hey, can you buy me a number seven? I said, inshallah, I'll try my best. I need all the good things I can get. If I have extra, I study a seven, like a lazy mushkila. I said, if I, can, if I can afford it, I'll buy you a number seven. He said, and a coat. I said, inshallah. <laughs> so I, did, I didn't remember to get the seven. I don't know. I just asked for something. Maybe I said number five. I come out. I said, hey, here you go, man. He said, oh, mashallah. Shukran, ya That's the meaning of what he said. Thanks a lot, man. You know, good thanks, man. 
He looked in the back and said, this ain't no number seven. <laughs> I said, yeah, give me my sandwich, man, man, I bless you. Where's your gratefulness? We should be grateful here, Okay, let's continue, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. فَمَا هُوَ الْحَرَامِ So what is that thing that's haram? مَا حَرَّمَهُ اللَّهِ أَوْ مَا حَرَّمَهُ النَّبِيِّ أحسن. That which Allah has made haram and that which the Messenger Ali والسلام, has made haram. طَيْئِ مَا قَالَ وَبَيْنُهُمَا أُمُورٌ مُشْتَبِهَاتٍ And between those two, the haram the haram, are those things that are doubtful. ما معنى هذا? What does that mean? Something is doubtful. It's not truly haram. Yeah, accent. هو ليس واضحا هو واضح لكن الدليل لا يدل عليه على وضوح هذا الشيء. It's clear. All of Islam is clear. But the meaning of something is doubtful is that the evidence of it, it doesn't clearly point to the thing being halal or haram. The text can be saying it's recommended. The text can be shown maybe it's allowed. How the text is, it doesn't point to the wuduh of the thing, clearly. It's not clearly saying the thing is haram or the thing is halal. But all of Islam is wadih, all of Islam is clear. Lakin fi ba'dil umur, in some small things, had a dalil, rubbama yakunu mustahab, rubbama yakunu wajib, wahada kathir. There's some things in general that it could be saying this thing is recommended. It could be saying this thing is obligatory. Mithalu nikah, like marriage. Al aslu fil al nikah, annu mada mustahab. The origin in marriage is that the thing is recommended. Hada fil aslu. That's the recommendation. That's the origin. Lakin al dalil huna yadulu ala imma yakuna wajib or imma yakuna mustahab. But the evidence that the scholars use to show marriage is recommended, it looks like it could be obligatory. And it looks like it could be recommended. What's an example, Ya Khwan? Qala Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam in Hadith ibn Mas'ud and al-Bukhari. Qala, Ya ma'ashir al-shabab, man istata'a minhum al-ba'a, thaliyatadawwaj al-hadith. The Messenger of Allah in this hadith is narrated by Ibn Mas'ud, collected by Bukhari. He says, O group of young men, Whoever from amongst you can marry, then let him marry. In English, you don't really see the benefit. Then let him marry. In Arabic, this lamb, this lamb has a name. Many who knows the name of this lamb? This lamb. Not lamb and tokid, something stronger. Not qasam? Lamb al amr. The lamb of command. The lamb of command. You say, fal, this lamb, fal, falam, is a lamb of command. So what it means is, O oh young men, whoever from amongst you can marry, it's obligatory upon you to marry. This also shows the importance of studying Arabic. So for this reason, some scholars say getting married is obligatory. They say that the Prophet is commanding you to do so if you have the ability. So for those that can marry, you brothers that are waiting, I don't know what you're waiting on, Yaqwan. Al Hayatu Pasira. Life is short. And I'm I'm different. Some of you may accept that, some of you may not. No, but that's okay. Al Hayatu Pasira, life is short. Life is short. And I'll pull up diamond and the Tarada Banat. I always say I got three daughters, Yaqwan. 
I know some of the Somalians would marry uh, other races. That's okay. You would marry another race? <laughs> He's too racist. He's too racist? <laughs> <laughs> That's allowed yet, Some of the brothers only will marry their culture. Some of the sisters only marry. That's allowed. Never. There's nothing wrong with that. You find someone of your culture that can be ple- uh, patient with you, and someone of your culture that they can be, you can be patient with them. No problem. That's never. I may not agree, but that's okay. One brother said, it's not really me, it's my parents. That's okay. Sometimes our parents are more traditional. They're old school. My mother says that. She says, you need to find a foreigner. You keep marrying Americans. <laughs> she said, maybe you should find a foreigner. She said, oh, that's your prerogative. That's your person. No, no problem. My father said, hey, you need to marry a white girl. Stop marrying blacks. My dad likes white girls. <laughs> That's just, he believes that the white girls are more submissive and the black girls are not. That's his opinion. <laughs> I say, Abby, there's some white submissive women, there's some black submissive women, there's some nice out of submissive women, there's some African submissive women. That's all throughout the, the world. No race has something another race doesn't have. That's a misconception. No race is better than another race because they're this race. That's not Islam, that sounds like philosophy. The black man is better than the white man because he's black. That's not Islam. The Arab is better than the African because he's Arab. That's not Islam. No race, mention a quality that only one race has. Chinese are good at cooking. They're the only ones good at cooking? Of course not, yeah. The black man, he's mannerful. The African has manners. He's the only one with manners? No. The Guyanese, there was a village in, oh, in, in Africa. Uh, this land was called, uh, what was the land here? I think it was in Ghana, but it was a tribe. It was like an area there. And the brothers were going to get married. They say the most, they want the women to get offended. They would say, some of the, I never went, some of the brothers would say, you want a beautiful woman, you have to go to this, this, this village. But don't go unless you have four wives. Because you're going to get married. That's how beautiful they are. You say that's the only tribe in the world that has beautiful women? Well, that's all throughout the world, yeah. My point is, no race is better than another race. That's a misconception that we have. Whatever you're looking for, you can find it. It's not munhasirun fi ayi jinsin minan nas. Abadan. It's not restricted in any race. But you're allowed to have preferences. The sister said, I don't want to marry a short brother. That's your prerogative. Your brother said, hey, I don't want to marry a tall girl. No problem. I may not agree, but that's your prerogative. This tall girl could be righteous, could be a memorizer, and you're going to turn this memorizer down, this obedient blessing of Allah down, because she's a foot taller than you? Because when y'all walk in the mall, you look like her son? <laughs> I may not agree with that, Ikhwan, but that's his prerogative. You can get some Timberland boots, and you, <laughs> and you can look taller. There's a way to My son Abdullah, he says he wants to marry a Japanese woman. He like their smush face. Smush? The round little face they got. You say, okay. We're superficial a lot, Yahwan. Most of the women, especially nowadays, reality TV shows, the movies, TV, the only thing that women care about now is the outer. 
Just like most of us, all we care about is money. And it's more than money, Ikhwan. What about religion? What about character? What about kindness? What about gentleness? Let's get back to the lesson, Ikhwan. Some brother says, if someone has debt which is interest-based, can he give sadaqah? It's better not to give sadaqah and pay off the loan first. If you say something is better, you need dalil. إذا عند الشخص دين إذا لا نقول له لا يمكنه أن يتصدق قبل أن يتوفى هذا الدين نحتاج للدليل ولا يوجد دليل على هذا والله عالم. If you say someone has a loan, I owe my brother thousand dollars. I can't give sadaqah until I pay my debt off. If you say that, where's your evidence? You have to have evidence in Islam. Some people say you can't make hajj until you pay off your loans. No problem. Where's your evidence? Al-Islam ibn Abdaleel. Islam is built upon proofs. Wallah alam. And Allah must bless. Tell the Shaykh. Um, I hear that whenever you die and you still have day, mm. like you're not going to... I heard some message where no. you're going to be standing up or something. Or no, that's true. You're going to be waited. You're going to be stopped. Yom Qiyamah. But is that a proof to say you can't make hajj until you pay your debt? So Two different true. positions. That, that narration is true. Um, you're gonna, until you pay your debts off. That's why you see sometimes in the Jannah the people rushing. If my Abbey, the person's father died, he owes anyone some debt, come forward so we can pay it on his behalf. So Yom Qiyamah, he's not standing at the, at the Jisr, at the, the bridge there, before his account comes because he owes someone. Yom Qiyamah, everyone's gonna get their right. Everyone's gonna get their right. So if you owe someone something, you try to fulfill it as fast as you can. Or try to get them to forego it. Or uh, pardon you. If I owe you something, I can't repay it, I can't repay it. Will you allow, if Allah takes my soul, would you pardon me for that? That's tremendous. If you owe someone something, you try your best to hasten. Don't wait till tomorrow. But can you say, I can't make hajj until I pay off my student loans. I can't make hajj until I pay off my debt. If that's the case, we need proofs. And only or most people don't know those things that are doubtful. What does that mean, Those things that are doubtful, most of mankind do not know what they are. Because most of the people are ignorant. Only those who know, those who have knowledge of those things that the proofs are not explicitly clear. Only the people of knowledge have knowledge of that. Most of mankind are ignorant. Benefit number five. Imamu al-jasad al-qalbu. Imamu al-jasad al-qalbu. The leader of the body is the heart. The leader of the body is the heart. كما قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام إذا صلحت صلح الجسد كله وإذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله على وهي القلب. As the Prophet said, if it is pure, if it is upright, 
then the whole body is upright. And if it's corrupt, then the whole body is corrupt and it is the heart. Al-Fayda to Sadisa wa Akhira, benefit number six, and then we'll go to the next hadith. Ahammul jasadi ba'atinuhu. Ahammul jasadi ba'atinuhu. The most important of one's body is his inner, the issues of the heart. Ahammul jasad ba'atinuhu. The most important of one's body is the inner, the essence, the entity of the, of the person, the soul, the heart, is the most important. Father Sheikh. Really, Allah does not look at your, your bodies, your figures, your images, but rather He looks at your hearts and your actions. Muslim. Muslim's narration mentions and your actions. Some people from this hadith, when you look at Bukhari's narration, it doesn't mention the actions. Verily Allah does not look at your bodies and your images, but rather He looks at your hearts. Stop. That's Bukhari's wording. Muslim's wording, he says, And your actions. Same hadith, Muslim's more complete. Some people look at Bukhari's narration and they say, Hey! All you have to worry about is the heart. Allah knows in my heart. You hear this a lot. Allah ya'lamu ma biqalbi. Allah knows who's in your heart, who's in my heart. Madha naqul an hadha ta'bir. What do we say about that phrase? Someone says, hey, fear Allah ya akhi. Hey, leave me alone. Allah knows in my heart. That statement is true, but what about it? Hey, he's using it wrong. Naqul kama qala salaf. We say as the salaf used to say. Kalimatul haq. A true statement, but the intent by way of it is false. The man says, hey Naeem, for Allah ya I say, get out of here. Allah knows in my heart. You can't judge Allah knows in my heart. That statement is true. Allah knows in my heart. But I'm using it as defense against your advice. That's not correct. Somebody gives you advice. You shouldn't say, oh yeah? Well, yesterday, you did the same thing. You shouldn't do that. Even if you did do that yesterday. Somebody comes, hey, you should listen to that. But he wrote past you yesterday listening to the same song. And now today, he's the sheikh. He said, oh, 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 hold up, yeah, Yesterday, you listened to the same, I was in your car. We was on a bus together. You had the same beat going on. You shouldn't do that. Because what's going to happen because now you're defending yourself against his advice. The sister sees another sister, hey sister, you should wear kimar. She should wear kimar. But that same sister yesterday, she didn't have on a kimar. So Amatala says, oh, today you give me advice? You should have took that advice yesterday, girl. Because yesterday, no. You say, shukran. May Allah bless you. And you shouldn't try to find, since you gave me advice, I got to give you advice. No. If you're going to give the person advice, give them advice. But Islam is not a, you attack me, I attack you. You attack me, I, that's not Islam. Since you gave me a reminder, I got to show you what back. 
No, you say Jazakallah Khairah. May Allah reward you with good. Even if you're boiling inside, oh yeah, you're trying to show me up? Okay. May Allah bless you. Allahu Akbar. Shukran ya akhi. Alhamdulillah. Sometimes somebody wants to come debate you. And you say, MashaAllah ya akhi. May Allah raise you. He wants to argue. And you make dua for him. That can change his heart. That can change his soul. Two people about to fight. And you say, hey man, why are you arguing? Y'all brothers. Oh, he ain't in my family. He ain't my family. No, you're Muslims. Oh yeah. It touches his heart. Alhamdulillah. Sometimes we forget the ikhwan, Islam, Deenul Ukhuwa. Islam is a religion of brotherhood and sisterhood, especially the sisters. Sometimes they forget, you're my sister. Even if I don't like you, you're my sister. Like you, like you, hate you, hates it. I'm Muslim, you're Muslim, you're my Muslim brother. What can I do? I don't gotta always hang out with you. I don't gotta always invite you to my house. But you're my brother. If you need something from me, I'm gonna do it. I may kick you out after, but you need some sugar? Here you go. Don't come back. No, no, you can come back. Alhamdulillah. That's Islam, yeah. We have to get back to the honor of our religion. We have to get back to loving each other for the sake of Allah. There was one narration as a Christian, I was amazed. When the Ansar and the Muhajirun, the Prophet put them together. And one man had a few wives, and we don't want our women to get offended here. And the man had more than one wife. Allahu Akbar. And his brother had no wife. Allahu Akbar. What did he say to him, Ya Ikhwan? You're going to cry. As a Christian, just imagine. I'm Muslim. I'm not Muslim at the time. I'm Christian. And I'm learning about Islam. I come across this narration. This Muslim man had three wives. Or a number of wives. He had none. He said to his brother, hey, you don't have no wives. I got more than one. You're my brother. If you want, you can marry one of them. I'll divorce one, you can marry one. What's the most humbling thing here that he said? That happened. Who knows? Huh? Even more something greater than that. You're my brother. He, you could you could choose. Not, I'm, I got three, Somalia, American, uh, Pakistani, and this one is a memorizer, this one uh, a little bit. No, you can't have that one. Not like that. I'm going to give you the one that can't cook. No. You can choose. How we give our garments away. I got three garments. I want to give Darren a gift. I'm going to say, no, that's, I wear that one on Friday. No, I wear that one on the eat. Yeah, that one got a rip in it. I'm going to give him that one. That's how we do. That's how we do. No, you give your best. This is my best stove. Here you go, Yaqi. That's Islam. You give your best away. Allah to your brothers and sisters. The most important thing, the women, the wives. Now, yes, it didn't happen. They didn't, the man didn't say, okay, I'll take that one. No, it didn't happen. But the gesture is tremendous. You try it nowadays. You got two wives and your brother has no wife. He said, honey, pack up. <laughs> She's going to take you out of here. She's going to harm you, Yaqi. She's going to say, why me? Why I got to go? What happened? What? My brother got no wives. He picked you. The women didn't say anything. This amazed me about Islam. The brotherhood and the battles. They're wounded and injured. 
the nurse comes to give drink to this one. He says, no, ghayri, ghayri. Go to someone else. She goes there, ghayri, ghayri. They're all in need of the drink. That's brotherhood, ikhwan. Many of us, we only give sadaqah when the imam says, come on, ikhwan, tasaddaqo, tasaddaqo, let's give sadaqah, let's give sadaqah. And then we go in the corner, count our money, and give whatever's left. The companions were like that. They would just go in their pocket, bismillah, whatever I got. It's for on his messenger. I've never did that again, Ikhwan. Abu Bakr rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy upon him. A'ata kulla ma indahu Abu Bakr, who's better than Abu Bakr? He went back and he gave everything he owned. Imagine going home. We say, come on, Ikhwan, let's give some sadaqah, inshallah. And the sisters there, they go home. And the one sister gives half of all of her wealth. She has a thousand dollars in her savings. She comes back to the masjid with 500. That's iman. That's belief. Have the nisf. That's half. Who can do? I can't do that. I'm not at that level. I'm going to give half of my 5,000. That's iman. And then another sister comes back. She gives 800 of her 5,000. That's iman also. Another sister says she comes back with all of her 1,000. That's iman. And then the Prophet said, Ya Abu Bakr, Mother Indaka, O Abu Bakr, what do you have? He said, I'll tell you I gave everything for Allah's message. Everything. And he says, What did you leave for your family? You still have to be honorable and mannerful to your family. He said, What did you give to, what did you leave for your family? He said, Tarak to Lahum, Allah wa Allah He said, I left for my family, Allah's message. That's Iman, Ya Khan. Nobody's going to outdo Abu Bakr. This man depend, believed solely in Allah and he was rich. He wasn't like most of us. I'm going to give this $5. All I got is $5. That's easy to give if it's low. You got millions and hundreds of thousands and you give all of it. You have a mansion and now you're sleeping in the masjid. What happened to your money? I gave it for Allah's messenger. You had a mansion. Many of us. Everybody in that family has a car. The husband has a car, the wife has a car, three children, they all have cars. This man was willing to give one of his wives, we can't even give a car. I've never seen someone give one of his cars. Maybe a junk car that doesn't start, doesn't run. A car that runs, he's gonna say, hey, I wanna donate this car. Find me a family who needs a car. I have three cars. You don't need three cars here, Juan. We're not entertainers, we're not singers and rappers and musicians, uh, the people of the movies. We don't need all that fame. No, maybe the family has a car. Maybe the husband and the wife has a car. But every child has a car, the mother has a car, the father has a car. We don't need all those cars, yeah, Juan. We don't need all those cars. At any rate, Islam is a religion of brotherhood. Ta'i, let's do one more hadith, yeah, Juan. Who wants to be the first reciting, inshallah ta'ala? Of hadith number seven. Fadiya Mayra. MashaAllah, Barakallahu Fikr. May Allah bless you. May Allah bless you. One of our sisters, Fadiya.
ان شاء الله تفضل يا عمر عن ابي رقيه تميم ابن اوس الداري ابن اوس الداري رضي الله عنه قال ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الدين النصيحه قلنا لمن يا رسول الله قال لله ولكتابه ولرسوله ولائمه المسلمين وعامتهم رواه مسلم ما شاء الله احسن احسن على سكن سيستم تفضلي Wali Rasulihi Wa Li'a'im 
Darren, would you like to recite? Would you like to read? Read in English. May Allah bless you. Tayyip, what's that day, Ikhwan? Anyone else have anything else to mention? If not, what's that day, Bidnillah Ta'ala? Also, we have mentioned, for example, our money for our library. So here's my $10 for the month. I'll be the first one to pick our $10 up. We're going to do $10, inshallah, a person every month so we can build our library, inshallah, as our masjid. The books won't be for no one specifically. They'll be for our community. We're still deciding. Um, it may be better to get two copies of each, one for the sis and one for the brothers, or we'll see as the money piles. So inshallah, we'll get a jar and put our monthly. This is our November money. Inshallah, ta'ala, may Allah bless you all. We'll stop there. Someone says one more thing. Uh, we apologize. Sometimes the questions online, they it's like a time. Uh, it goes down, so it's hard to follow. I like your page. May Allah bless you. That's my favorite hadith. Oh, yeah. uh, if some, I think I read that one. What you're saying goes against the Bible. And it mentions a cursed race as well as the Quran talking about it in the hellfire. If it goes against the Bible, I bet there's no problem in whatever I said goes against the Bible. No problem there. Uh, we believe in the revelation sent down to all the prophets, but we don't believe that the Bible is that revelation. So if you said I contradicted the Bible, there's no harm in that. And you also said it in the Quran. There's a cursed race there. I don't know that verse. May Allah bless you. Uh, may Allah bless you. Sometimes we don't get to answer the questions. If we skip them, it's not on purpose. May Allah bless you. We try our best. Wa subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha anta sakwa tu bali. Wa salamu alaykum wa sallam. If you make wudu over your feet? Isn't like you wipe over the socks or you mm -hmm. just wash your feet in that way? Uh, are they the same? The answer, that's a good question, Ya Khwan. Tayyip, al ghusl fil wudu. Hal huwa mithlu al mas. It depends, Ya Khwan. Is washing your feet like wiping the feet? It depends. If you're going to say wiping without having socks on, or leather socks, then that's not a wiping. If you don't have on socks or leather socks, that's the wiping. Anytime you don't have on khuf or jodah, then you have to wash your feet. The mess, the wiping is only on the khuf or the jodah. 
And some of the scholars of the Shafi'i Madhab, they prefer, they say, you only can wipe over the leather socks. Also, some scholars of the Hanafi Madhab, they say, you only can wipe over the leather socks. Al-Sahih, that which is correct, Allah is you can wipe over the leather socks and outside of the leather socks. Which one is better? Methalan, tawadda'na lissalah. Wa ghasalna ala qadamiyya. So, we make an abusso, for example, and we wash over our feet. Thumma nalbisu khuffan aw jawraban. And then we put on khuffs or regular socks. Hal afdal an nunzi'a min hadayni khuffayni li aqsila qadamiyya aw an amsaha alayhima. Which one is better? I made a wudu for the morning prayer. I put on my khufs or my leather socks or my leather socks or my regular socks. Then the next salah comes. I broke my wudu. I need a new wudu. Is it better for me to take off my socks and wash my feet? Or is it better to wipe? It's better to wipe. It's better to wipe. Ah, the salah, they used to say from the hadith of Hudayfah, when Hudayf was with the Messenger of Allah, the hadith is in the Sunan of Imam Nasai and Abu Dawood and Imam Ahmed, Allah And Hudayfa says he got down to help the Messenger of Allah take off his leather socks. The Prophet said, Leave them. For verily I put them on while I was pure. And then Hudayfa said, I saw him wiping over them. So this hadith shows if you already made the wudu and you put on your khufs or your socks, when the next wudu comes, you can take your socks off. But it's better, according to this hadith, that you just wipe over them. Sufyan used to say, he was giving advice to one of his students, one of his companions. He gave him many benefits. Then he says, He said, everything I gave you to benefit from is not going to benefit you until you see that wiping over your feet when you have your socks on is better than taking your socks off. That's actually a sunnah. So that's what many scholars say. That's better. You're allowed to take your socks off and go make wudu and wash your feet. That's allowed. But it's better as long as you put your socks on while you were in the state of wudu that you just wipe over them. That's a sunnah. Nowadays you think it's the opposite just because it's hard. No, that's, you could, could say that. That's a good point. A lot of times we determine what's harder to be what's better. And that's not always the case here. Islam is sahil. Islam is easy. We make Islam difficult. The Messenger Allah, he says, the best dowry, the best wedding gift is that which is the easiest. He didn't say the cheapest. Some people think it's the cheapest. He said, which is the easiest. So a woman comes, she wants to get married to you, and she makes it easier on you. She says, hey, give me 5,000 American dollars. That could be a lot. Another sister comes and says, hey, give me $500. Another sister comes and says, hey, give me a copy of Bukhari. 
MashaAllah. Another sister says, I remember when I got married, my family, may Allah increase her. She asked for something so simple, I thought it was a joke. There's no way that's what you want. There's no way. Where's the cameras? Where's the joke? There's no way. And then, may Allah forgive us all, the little bit that she asked, I gave it to her, and then I saw it back in my own pocket. He said, no, this is yours. She said, yes, and now I'm giving it to you. Like some of the women, mashallah, ya ikhwan, and there are some cultures, of course, we have to be fair, and there are some traditions that the father takes the, the dowry, and that's not correct, that's not from Islam. It's the right of the wife, the bride, and no, has, no father has the right to take her right. Nobody has that right. If she gives her parents some of it, no problem. But a lot of what we do now is tradition. And it can be allowed. Where the man says, hey, you want to marry my daughter? Give me 10,000 USA. He said, I remember I was in Yemen, and the sister I wanted to marry, real strong sister, real memorizer, mashallah, Arab girl, Yemen girl, Yemeni girl. And the girl said, my, you're not going to have a problem with my ummi. My ummi likes you. My father's the one. I said, what do you mean? She says, you have an American passport. That's what I'm afraid of. They say, I was just born in America. I'm not American. She says, yes, but you have a blue passport. I said, what do you mean? She said, he's going to look at you as dollars. And she was right. We sat with the father. And the girl cried. It was so humbling. Mashallah. The father said, hey, mashallah. She's a memorizer, done the Quran, this, student of knowledge, graduated college, just praising her and praising her and praising her. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. He says, 10,000 um, 10, American dollars. I say, how? My one friend said, hey, what did he ask you? I said, 10,000 American dollars. Bilal said, well, can she fly? <laughs> I say, At any rate, but she said the father was going to do that because he was going to take most of it. Anyway. At any rate, some of our cultures, they are I kind of have like a couple questions, like two questions. Well, okay, the first one, about this hadith, as soon as Abu Dawood 101 narrated by Abu Huraira, the Messenger of Allah said, the prayer of a person who does not perform evolution is not valid, and the evolution of a person who does not mention the name of Allah in the beginning is not valid. And no. it was graded Sahih by al Bani. Check out that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, does that mean like we have to say like, Bismillah before every, like every time? Every time you make wudu. Yeah. There are a few positions regarding the Bismillah. Hadith is narrated by Abu Hurairah. It's also narrated by Abu Sayyid al-Khudri. It's in Bukhari and Muslim. Abu Hurairah's narration mentions La Salata. Abu Sayyid al-Khudri's narration does not mention La Salata. At any rate, some scholars, they mention three positions regarding the basmala. First opinion is obligatory, and they use that hadith. That you have to say bismillah upon making wudu. Second opinion is that that hadith is weak. Although Sheikh Albani says authentic, the origin of it has some weakness in it. So Sheikh Albani is from those that say it's authentic. Other scholars, Sheikh Mukul said it was weak. At any rate, the third opinion is that it is authentic, but it doesn't mean it's obligatory. It means it's recommended. So there are three opinions. And the, those that say it's weak, they say it's not recommended. Because the hadith is weak. You can't use it. And they say, in the verse that the 
the wudu came down in Surah Al-Ma'idah, that does not mention saying Bismillah, which is true. Also, in the action of the Messenger of Allah himself, Hadith Uthman, they don't mention that. They heard the Prophet of Allah say Bismillah. The likes of this Hadith is the only Hadith that mentions Bismillah at the wudu. You go to Bukhari, Muslim, Tirmidhi, Imam Malik's Mawatta, when the companions describe how the Prophet made wudu. They don't mention, I heard him say Bismillah. Oh. It wouldn't be a farad um, because it's narrated by Abu Huraira's narration. You could say farad. Eh, you could say the accent. And it's narrated by if you say Abu Huraira's narration is the only one that says La Salata, you can call that farad. It's also narrated by Abu Sayyid al Khudri. So that's two narrations. But we learned also a special meaning can be specific to one person. Abu Huraira's narration says, La Salata. And uh, Abu Sayyid al Khudri's narration says, La Wudu'a. So you could say, Abu Huraira's narration is Fard. That means La Salata. Accent. It will be Aziz. Accent. Because two narrators. May Allah bless you all. You see how the hadith are connected? Since uh, Sheikh Khalid was uh, born in the 1900s, what would be like his actual validity and his trust, trustworthiness? Uh, I wouldn't say, don't make it about trustworthiness, Yaquan, because Islam is not about trust. But your first part is more honorable. Like his validity, his accuracy. Not all of the scholars agree with the noble Imam al Albani. There's some scholars that Bukhari differed with. There's some scholars that Bukhari Sheikh Ahmed differed with. There's some scholars that Ahmed Sheikh Ashafi differed with. There's some scholars that Shafi Sheikh Malik differed with. Malik differed with. At any rate, there's no harm that the scholars differ. Imam Malik differed with Abu Hanifa and some things. Abu Hanifa differed with Imam Malik and some things. No problem. The issue is that, is he right or wrong? The issue is that, is this his opinion? And that's his opinion. No problem. If it contradicts something, for example, Shaykh Al-Bani says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that you don't recite the Fatiha in the outlawed Salah. That's his opinion. Yeah, he would have to give a proof. He has a proof. One of his proof is the ayat in the Quran that comes in Surah to Al-A'raf or Al-Nahr. Somebody check your Quran. Where Allah Ta'ala says, either that when you read the Quran, you recite the Quran, then listen to it and pay attention so mercy could be shown to you. Shaykh Abani is saying here, this verse is talking about all of the Quran. Anytime you come in the masjid right now in Jumu'ah, you should sit down and not pray to Raka'ah. Some scholars say that. Because the, 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 the Quran is being recited. But that's not the strongest opinion. There was a man who came in the time of the Messenger of Allah in Jumu'ah. The Prophet asked him, Salaita raka'atain, did you pray to raka'ah? The man said, no. The Prophet said, kum fasalli, stand up and pray. But that's one proof that Sheikh al-Bani uses. There's other proofs that contradict that opinion. My point is, he has a proof. That's his opinion. He believes his heart is settled. If you have an imam reciting, you're behind the imam, you don't say anything. Allah says, when you read the Qur'an, listen to it. So he said, the imam is reciting, you listen. No problem. Other scholars differ with Shaykh al-Bani here. 
He's going to follow what he believes to be correct. Another sheikh does not follow that to be correct. No problem. Yom Qiyamah, we're going to see who's right. It appears that here Shagabani is not right. But there's another proof. One of the tabi'un, tafadda. Yeah, hadith al-Tirmidhi. Yeah, I sent. There's a uh, narration that the companions, collected by Tirmidhi, that the companions were reciting behind the Messenger of Allah. He was reciting, they was reciting. Together. The Messenger of Allah, at the end of this hadith, he turned to them and he said, Man, uh, who was contending with the Imam? And they didn't say anything. And then one man said, Ha'ana, it was me. And the Prophet said, La taf'alu illa al kitab. The Prophet said, Don't do that except with the mother of the book. So this shows, although we love Sheikh Albani, he's one of the greatest hadith scholars of our century, of our time. At any rate, this doesn't mean he's the most memorized. We're not saying that. Sheikh Albani was not known that he memorized Bukhari and Muslim and Tirmidhi and Mawatta. There were other scholars more memorized than him. Sheikh Ibn Abbas was more memorized than Sheikh Al-Bani. But Sheikh Al-Bani knew the chains of the hadith more than Sheikh Ibn Abbas. He knew more of the men. Sheikh Al-Bani could chop up the hadith. He can give you the men of the hadith more than Sheikh Ibn Abbas can. At any rate, if Sheikh Ibn Abbas was more memorized than Sheikh Al-Bani. At any rate, uh, so although he came later on, and some scholars do say that, or some Muslims, they say, well, who is Sheikh Al-Bani to check this book and to check that book? Anybody can check a book. Anybody can do that. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's not, doesn't mean he's better than Bukhari, he's better than Muslim, he's better than Ahmed. No. If we come and say, Yaquan, we're going to start checking, we learn for the hadith. We're going to check the hadith as we're going along. And then at the end of it, we have a Masjid Salam's checking of 40 hadith. Somebody comes and says, hey, who are you brothers to check 40 hadith? We're Muslims. Anybody can make sure the hadith is in page number 94. Hadith number 55 of Muslim. And then I go back and verify that. So Shaykh Al-Bani is not saying he's better than Bukhari. No. Sometimes he's right. Bukhari made a mistake. A few times. He checks the hadith. Even though Bukhari or Muslim, it doesn't mean that they're infallible. We're Muslims. We're not going to believe that anyone is never going to make an error. No. Some scholars, Imam al-Qutuni, criticizes Bukhari. He said, according to Bukhari's conditions, these 10 hadith, these 200 hadith out of 8,000 shouldn't be there. And a few times, al-Qutuni is right. Most times he's wrong, but there are a few times he's right. This hadith does not fit Bukhari's condition. So just because these scholars are great, doesn't mean that they never made an error. Some scholars say the great Anoawi, who's like a mountain of knowledge, that sometimes he made a few errors. Some scholars say Shokani, one of the greatest scholars you're going to study, especially in the fifth, that sometimes he made an error. At any rate, so I wouldn't say it's about trust. I would say it's more about what is he saying, his knowledge of the issue. And it's like that for everybody else. Well, so, uh, my question is, if you make a ghusl, do you still have to make a wudu after? If you make a ghusl, do you make a wudu after? Do you still have to? If you made a complete ghusl, no. If you say you still have to make a wudu, then you didn't make a complete ghusl. If you understand. The wudu is less than the ghusl. If I made a complete ghusl, if I still need a wudu, 
then how did I make it complete ghusl? The ghusl means I wash my whole body for the sake of Allah from head to toe. And also did the, my mouth and my nose and my, my whole body one time. If I did a complete ghusl, then I don't have to make a wudu. You guys with me? So ghusl counts as wudu? Yeah, it can. No. If someone's with their family or someone with playing ball and then he used the bathroom and then he goes and makes a complete ghusl, he doesn't have to make a wudu after that. He already made it. If his ghusl is complete. Now, if he's deficient, that's different. The ghusl is here, wudu, uh, the wudu is here, ghusl is here. If he made it to the ghusl, he bypassed the wudu. The, the wudu is called the small purification, if I can. The ghusl is the large purification. You guys follow me? You don't need. Now, had the Messenger of Allah made a ghusl, he'll make his wudu before his ghusl. That's the son of the Prophet. But how he's making his wudu is not obligatory. The Prophet will make his wudu first. And then he will continue to wash the remaining of his whole body. That's the sunnah of the ghusl. Should you do a ghusl when you wash yourself, you touch your aura? Like you have to redo it, does that break it? No, no, no. Not every time you touch your, your aura, you break your wudu. That's one opinion, but that's not the strongest opinion. The meaning of that hadith, uh, the Messenger of Allah said, فَمَنْ فَرْجَهُ Whoever touches his private part, then let him make a wudu. That hadith means whoever touches their private part with the, like with desire. Some scholar says it doesn't mean just touch it. It means if you touch it and then the fluids come after. You, you are married to yourself. <laughs> and then some fluids come. It just doesn't mean you're sitting there and you touch your private. Not like that. But there are some who look at the apparent of the hadith and they do say no. The prophet says whoever touches it, let him make a wudu. <coughs> Other scholars say he's saying whoever touches it is recommended to make a wudu. They differ there a lot. Let's say even if that was the correct opinion, like if you touch it, you break the wudu. Like the law you're doing also. Exactly. Then that would then that would break if if that if you go by the law of the hadith, whoever touches their private part breaks the wudu. Then every time you touch your private part, you will break your wudu. If you're going to take the parent of the hadith, then touching your private part alone breaks your wudu. And how do you make a wudu? Every time you wash your, your private part, you have to use a barrier, or you got to start over again. Start over. So the, the meaning of the hadith is not literally whoever touches it, although some scholars say that. Other scholars say no. It means if you touch it, it's recommended to make a wudu. Other scholars say no. Touching it, generally no. If you touch it with the desire, you're enjoying, you're married to yourself, and the fluids come, now you have to make a wudu. Not because you touched yourself, but because the fluids came after. Allah, I know. What's that there, Quran? What's the panic level? What's the panic level? Does this part um, count with your private part? What part? This one. What is that called? Thigh. <laughs> your thigh. May Allah bless you. Your thigh, the aura, is really not your private, but you can say like your private area. You have a private and then you have an aura. Your aura and your faruj, your private parts, are two different things. The aura is the part of your body that should be covered. Not your whole aura is a private part. Your private parts for the man is his faruj and his maqa'ada. It's his frontal part and his <laughs> rear part for the man. He has two private parts. The aura of the man is his two shoulders. 
That's not a private part. That's an awra. Your two shoulders should always be covered. And to your thigh, some scholars say to the knee. They differ there. And Allah knows best. Good question. Your thigh for the Muslim man and woman should always be covered. Nobody should see your thigh until you get married. About the shoulders, uh, wasn't there a hadith where a man did not have a garment to cover his upper body? Yeah. He still prayed like that because Allah Ta'ala says in the ayah in Surah Tutagabun, Fattakullah Mastata'atun. Fear Allah to the best of your ability. That's all you have, then inshallah there's no sin on you. No. So can you pray in the same time? If that's all you have and there's no way to cover it, the man sometimes in the prison he asks questions like that. The man is in the prison, he's in a hole. He doesn't have any clothes. It's time for him to pray. What does he do? He doesn't pray because he's naked. No, he fears Allah to the best of his ability. I, I can't, I'm naked, what do you mean? So you try your best, cover yourself to the best of your ability. Allah knows your condition. Allah knows you're only praying naked because you don't have the ability to cover yourself, but you have to make the salah. Like the man who has to make wudu. And has no water, has no dust, have no dirt. There's no stores open. He can't get no wudu, no wudu, no wudu water. The time of the prayer is about to leave. Does he not pray? No, he fears Allah and he stands and prays. And then after that salah, layyada, he doesn't have to make the salah up. If later on he prayed asab an hour later, now somebody comes in with fresh water. Now he has to make that prayer up? No. From the strongest opinion. Little Shaykh, last question. Uh, so, how does this part? Your stomach. Your stomach, the some scholars they mentioned, from the, your shoulders and your navel. I didn't mention that. Your navel to your thigh. Or your navel and your thigh. So, navel to your knee. But this doesn't mean that Juan, the Muslim man, comes out with a tank top on and shorts. And that same man who comes out like that, if his wife came out, with no jilbab on, he would divorce her. That same man, hey, you gonna not wear a jilbab? She said, hey, you gonna wear shorts and a tank top? And many of us are like that. We are more severe with our wives and our daughters and our mothers, more than us. For example, the man who doesn't wear a thobe or izar, when he's with his family, he should wear a thobe and izar. Even if that's not his practice. Why do we say that? Because in the West, the non-Muslims look at the Muslims like only the women are doing it. The brothers, the sun comes out, you take your kimar off, you take your kufi off, you take your thob off. The women can't do that. How many videos you see on TikTok and Instagram and the sis reciting Quran, mashallah, looking like a Muslimah. And then a brother reciting Quran with a basketball jersey on or a tank top on. And it's allowed, but it looks like the sunnah is only for the women. What some of the, the non-Muslims say, it looks like that. You go to the park and you see those Muslim families there. We always go to the, 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 the Mackin Park and we see the Muslim family. The little baby girl has on a khimar. The mother, khimar jilbab. The little boy, nothing. The father, nothing. It makes it look, my mother, she's a Christian. When she looks at the Muslim, she says, it just looks like, look, Muslim family, Muslim family. All of the women are covered. The man is in a pool with no shirt on, with his navel. No problem. If he's with the brothers or by himself, now he's with the families. It looks like we can do whatever as the men, and the women, the sun is only for the women. So even if I didn't wear a thobe, 
May Allah forbid. When I went out with my daughters and my wives and my family and my sons and the likes, I'm going to wear those to give da'wah. Because it looks like, as they say about us, you men, y'all do whatever. But the women, they're the only ones doing the sunnah. And that's what it looks like. Last point. Is the, does the neck part, like right here, count for the outer for the woman? For the woman, the neck, if she's uh, in place of men or she's outside, then yeah, she should cover her whole body. Nothing can be seen on the woman except and the scholars differ regarding the face and the two hands. But everything beside, and they also differ over her voice. But her neck, they all agree. Her body, they all agree. What about her feet? Her feet also, Abu Hanif has the opinion that the feet are not aura, so they also differ over the feet. The strongest opinion is that the feet also should be covered. But there's some ikhtilaf there also. Do socks suffice? Safe socks can suffice if they cover, or she can have no socks on. If what? I sense. If her garment covers her feet, you don't have to wear socks. Say the man, say the woman is a woman, and she understands I have to wear socks. No, that's not what the hadith says. The hadith mentions your feet have to be covered. So if you don't have on socks, but your garment comes down like the woman's garment, and you can't see her feet there, then she's fine. But if her garment Maybe she moves, she's afraid, her feet are going to be visible, her legs especially, so she wears some socks. That's better. You know, sometimes getting out the car, walking, your legs may be open, so it'll be better to protect. But if her garment comes down and it drags on the floor slightly, like the son of the woman of the Messenger at that time, then she's doing her obligation. So the neck, they all agree there. Um, there's some ikhtilaf over the face and the two hands and the feet, but it's not obligatory to wear socks. Allah somebody get a jar, yeah, Khwa. That's our, our, our book money. Inshallah, we'll build up little by little. And who can be 